Hi everybody, I'm Dr. B and today we're going to be talking about what are benzodiazepines, what they're used for, and the different types of benzodiazepines. I encourage you to join me in my vision of changing the world's perception of addiction and its treatment. You can do that by clicking the subscribe and notification bell. If you personally need any kind of help with addiction or a family or a loved one, please call me at 1-800-779-4715. So Dr. B, what are benzodiazepines? Benzodiazepines are, uh, well, they fall under the general class of drugs that are called sedative hypnotics. And these include alcohol, barbiturates, benzodiazepines, and a few other ones, uh, you know, some people don't often think of it, but the Z drugs, which are the ambient type of drugs, those fall under a type of benzodiazepines. And what these are in general, if you can think of drugs like cocaine, methamphetamine, or the prescription uh, pharmaceuticals like Adderall as stimulants, and they stimulate the nervous system, these are inhibitory nervous system drugs. They tone down the nervous system in the most general sense. Why are benzo, what are benzodiazepines typically used for? Uh, it's a great question. So what they use them for, their main area of effect is called GABA receptors, okay? And again, like I said, these are inhibitory uh, neurons. And what they're used for clinically, uh, there's a whole range of things. One of them is sedation, sedatives, right? They're also used as a hypnotic, which means it induces coma or sleep, okay? They are used as anxiolytics, which is anti-anxiety medications. They are used for, people don't know this, but they're great anti-spasmatics for muscle spasticity, okay? Uh, they're used as anti-seizure medications. Remember, if you think of something like seizure as hyperactivity of the nervous system, uh, you can use a benzodiazepine and they use them emergently, actually, when someone is in active seizure, status epilepticus. They're also used in uh, general anesthesia. Uh, they're part of the, you know, uh, anesthesia sleep-inducing group of agents. Uh, they're used in pre-operation and so forth. Uh, so those are the different areas they're used clinically. I'm going to throw in a, a secondary question here. So with that being said... How are benzos, um, why are benzos typically abused and how do they become addictive? Uh, uh, good question. A couple of things. In general, by themselves, their uh, abuse potential and liability is at best moderate. Okay. If you were going to put a scale, you know, zero to 10, I would say maybe a six. Okay. Seven by themselves. Now, uh, but we see something different because nothing is by itself and it's in context. Uh, first of all, in the opiate population that already has an abuse problem with opiate, you started to see this in the 70s with the methadone clinics. What guys were doing is getting their methadone and realizing if they add a little bit of benzodiazepine to it, the high was even much better than a heroin high by itself. And in this population, because these are really brilliant home chemists and cookbooks, uh, home uh, chemists, and in this population, they realize that adding a benzo gives you that extra 
particular euphoric high that the methadone or the heroin or the opiate by itself doesn't. The problem with this is now this really increases your abuse potential for the benzodiazepine. Also, it really increases the potential for toxicity, in this case, overdose and stopping to breathe. Okay, so that's one thing. As that whole population sort of has grown up and come up to this current era of opiate abuse and 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 uh, you know substance abuse behavior, you see it very much in line with an already abusing population, whether it's alcohol or whether it's the opiates or the methamphetamines. Uh, they all do polypharmacy or poly substance abuse and benzodiazepines has sort of been thrown into that mix and now it's no longer by itself in a vacuum where you could say it has moderate abuse potential. Its abuse potential is actually much, much higher. Thirdly, uh, let's look at the economics and the changes in the patterns of uh, subs uh, subscribe. I'm sorry, prescribing with the you know medical community and the pharmaceuticals. You know, in the West, uh, pharmaceuticals do direct advertising, uh, and this has really, really contributed to the abuse of all sorts of substances. And you start to see an over prescription of benzodiazepines and for too long a period of time because depending on the benzodiazepines, they all have abuse potential depending on how old you are, how long you're on it, the dose that you're on it, each one of those increases your substance abuse potential. So you have three different categories there that I described that has really uh, 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 sort of introduced this as a drug to be very, very wary of and cautious of, and uh, I call it the hidden epidemic uh, across all of those groups. Uh, so what are some of the, uh, what are the different types of benzodiazepines and some of the more common ones that are used and prescribed? Yeah, um, there's a whole list of types, but I'll break them down in general and talk about a couple of them. Uh, in general, the differences in the benzodiazepines is uh, half-lives, whether they're you know short-acting or long-acting or intermediate-acting. The other difference between them is um, how quickly they come on once you take them. Now, this itself lends to the concept of abuse potential because there's a, a basic theory in pharmacology and abuse, and that's if a drug comes on rapidly and has a short half-life, it has a much greater potential for abuse. So, for example, I'm gonna actually make an analogy with sugars, okay? If you spend your whole life eating Snicker bars, okay, all else being equal, and that's the oil, sugar that you use, because that's not a complex sugar, it's a very simple sugar, it goes in your system, quickly hits the receptors, okay, and then quickly gets metabolized and wears off. Well, this is going to increase your likelihood of type 2 diabetes. So imagine if someone eats complex carbohydrates every day, well, within the right amount, we don't say that increases your chance of diabetes. When you see someone eating candy bars or Cokes, you say that increases your chance of diabetes, right? In that same way, Xanax, which is a short-acting one, right, versus Valium, which is much longer-acting, 
we say things like Xanax have a much higher abuse potential. And this sort of leads into another concept, uh, which people, you know, you think of taking benzodiazepines as anxiolytics, you know, they help with anxiety and uh, sedation. And so you see all kinds of people, you know, you give them a few Xanax bars and they can't remember what happened. They start acting aggressively. They, uh, uh, you know, they get in trouble with the law. And here's the analogy. Benzodiazepines are essentially alcohol in a tablet. So remember, alcohol is also a sedative hypnotic. Okay. So this is the difference between that guy that tells you, yeah, I can have a couple of glasses of wines and it just kind of puts me to sleep. But if you give me a couple of shots of tequila, I'm a madman. So think about it. It's exactly the same thing, right? Some guy takes a couple of Xanax and he's a madman. And he gets in trouble with the law. He steals. He cheats. He gets into fights. Uh, got, you know, whatever. So I just, I'm using these analogies to get a better, you know, gain a better insight into what these drugs are and their abuse potential. And uh, pointing out also the ones with a shorter half-life, like Xanax, theoretically seem to have a much higher abuse and addiction potential than something longer acting in the same way basic sugars versus complex sugars do. I think one of the important things I want to stress about benzodiazepines is this concept of their abuse potential. As I said, by itself in a vacuum, it has a moderate abuse potential, maybe five or six out of 10, which is still high. But I think one of the things we keep forgetting is that all human action, uh, that biological species, only makes sense in context. There's no, no such thing as genes or uh, nature, okay? Uh, genes make sense in context, and the context is the environment. In today's environment, for all of the reasons that we won't discuss here, there's an incredibly high number of diagnoses of anxiety, depression, increasing number of other mental health diagnoses. And in that same way, there is an increasing number over the last 15 to 20 years of prescriptions, uh, and I think wrongly for the length of time and amount of benzodiazepines given. So in that bigger social context, you, you also, if you look closely, there's a very high volume of benzodiazepine dependence and abuse. And the tragedy in uh, this is that uh, uh, management of getting someone off of benzodiazepines is a little bit more tricky than opiates, uh, as far as the mechanics go. Takes a lot longer time and there's a lot of subtleties here that one needs to be really careful of. Uh, in particular, one thing that I didn't ma ma uh, mention with the class of sedative hypnotics, it's the only class of drugs that the withdrawals from can kill you. No other drugs, heroin, stimulants, uh, no other class whatsoever, uh, psychedelics, the withdrawals from can kill you. The withdrawals from benzodiazepines can cause you a lot of sickness and they can cause you death. And I think it's the hidden epidemic.
So uh, those are basically what benzodiazepines are, you know, uh, as a class of drugs, sedative hypnotics. Uh, what are the different types, you know, short acting, long acting, intermediate acting, the, how quickly the onset of action occurs, and some thoughts about comparing them to alcohol and sugars in terms of their abuse potential and in terms of their clinical effects. In the next video, I wanna talk about the short-term and long-term effects of benzodiazepines and some of the controversy involved. If you're interested, it'll be out in a couple of days. Just click right here on the link and I'll see you there.